Well, hello. Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. I have a very special episode for you this week. We're going to take a look at the way addiction and alcoholism are portrayed in the movies and on TV. And we will get to that shortly, but first, a few quick podcast updates, and then some good news, of course. So... This year was my first experience with Spotify's Wrapped feature, where they give you kind of a summary of your year in listening, etc. Not only did I discover that my taste in music has evolved um, much less than I had imagined or hoped it had um, since I was in college, it appears to be about exactly the same. But I also got a Wrapped summary for Between the Lines of the Podcast. I am, and even though the podcast has only been around for about eight months of 2022, the year-end results and data and analytics left me feeling giddy and optimistic about the future. Here are a few of the highlights. First, uh, Between the Lines was in the top 5% globally of the most shared podcasts. That one blew me away, um, and... Uh, that means I owe you guys a thank you for sharing the podcast um, with your friends and uh, on social media or by text or email or whatever you do. Um, another great um, piece of data from the wrapped um, end of year thing for the podcast uh, said that we were in the top 20% of the most followed podcasts this year. Again, that blew my mind. And the third little piece of data I liked says that 99 fans had Between the Lines in their top five podcasts. And last one, um, 51 Super Duper fans had Between the Lines as their number one podcast uh, for the year. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have it number one, and it's my podcast. Um, I won't tell you which one was my number one, because then you're going to go listen to that one instead. Um, but it was Armchair Expert. Anyway, uh, those were unbelievable um, stats from the eight months that, that the podcast was uh, part of the podcast uh, sphere out there in Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other places. So anyway, I w- it just made me so grateful and happy to, to read that. And thank you to all of you guys who are listening and sharing and following and doing all those good things. On uh, top of all that good news, we also attracted a new listener in New Zealand this week. One of my favorite places on earth. Um, in fact, I once hitchhiked the entire length of the North Island in one ride. It was the first car that came by when I put my thumb out, and it took me all the way across the island uh, to where I was uh, meeting some friends. Um, just one ride, first car that came by. I think that says a lot about the people there. And it was um, proven over and over through uh, my couple weeks that I spent there. Anyway, New Zealand makes it 15 countries now and counting. Uh, that makes me so happy to think about this little podcast that I record right here in my crappy little basement, being heard by people all around the world. Kind of blows my mind, really. Anyway, Enough shameless self-promotion for now. I just couldn't help it. I'm so proud and so grateful. 
If any of you have been listening and learning along with my new friend in New Zealand, um, please remember to rate, review, and follow Between the Lines of the Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The ratings and reviews really do make a huge difference, and you can get it done in less than a minute. I promise. Also, if you'd like to help support my mission to spread kindness, positivity, and hope, please click the support the podcast link at the end of the episode notes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns uh, about the podcast or about my book, or if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please drop me an email at between the lines memoir at gmail.com. Speaking of that, I received a few very sweet emails about the podcast over the past couple weeks, and I thought I would share them with you here. Uh, this first one comes from Robert in Chicago, who wrote, uh, Thank you for what you are doing. It's connecting me back into a little piece of a sober network again, which is a very good thing. I was fine going it alone, but I'm learning so much more and finding more and more of my identity and sobriety, tapping into what you are doing. I appreciate you and your work. I appreciate you, Robert, in Chicago. Uh, This next one um, was about the resentments um, episode a couple of episodes ago. Uh, And this is from Pamela, who wrote, Excellent episode, Jay. You do a wonderful job. So real, honest, and helpful. We don't talk about resentments enough or about moving through them. I also always love hearing your good news. Thanks for this podcast and all that you do. Well, thank you for doing that, Pamela, and writing that email. Made my day. And uh, lastly, one more from another listener in Chicago uh, about uh, the last episode where I interviewed Gigi Langer, the author of 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. This listener wrote, excellent episode. She was a great guest. Worry and anxiety were such cornerstones of my using patterns, and I'm still seeking tools to combat those emotions. I'll be ordering her book this week. I hope you do, and I hope some of the rest of you guys uh, order Gigi's book as well. Um, And I really like doing that episode. So thanks again, another listener in Chicago. But more important than any of that stuff, thank you all for listening today. This week, as I mentioned, I will be talking about addiction and alcoholism in the movies and on TV. But before we get to that, this is the good news. The good news is brought to you by OnStage. OnStage is a theater outreach and audience development program in colleges in and around Minneapolis and St. Paul. OnStage uses teaching artists to facilitate in-class discussions, courageous conversations, if you will, about relevant social, political, and cultural topics that bubble up in plays currently running in local theaters. What an incredibly worthwhile mission. Anyway, to learn more about it or to make a donation to the cause, check them out at onstagemn.org. That's onstagemn.org. Tell them Jay sent you. It won't make a difference, but it will make me feel important. Anyway, I have two good news stories for you today. 
The first story comes from ABC News, who reports that gas prices in the United States have plunged to the lowest level since February. Say no more, ABC News. That is music to my ears. Story number two comes from NBC Chicago, where uh, the Illinois House Democrats introduced a gun control bill that would outlaw the sale of assault weapons and add new restrictions on the sale of magazines holding more than 10 rounds and rapid fire devices that turn firearms that fire one shot per trigger pull into fully automatic weapons. Now let's make that a law, Illinois. Anywho, that was the good news. Now let's get to the main event already. So, as an addict, and maybe more so as an addict in recovery, I find myself dissecting and analyzing any portrayal of addiction or alcoholism that I see in movies or on TV shows or in the books I read. And I usually find a way to poke holes in the often flimsy and cliched characterization of this insidious disease that I've been battling for years and will continue battling for the rest of my life. I'm a tough critic when it comes to movies about addiction and alcoholism. Uh, in much the same way that I'm hypercritical about the countless cheesy movies about teachers, although they do always make me cry, good or bad. Um, these are two topics that are deeply personal to me and may be the only two topics in which I feel that my knowledge and experience make me actually qualified to judge. And judge I do. Once in a while, I do feel like Hollywood gets it right when taking on the complex subjects of addiction and alcoholism. But before I give you my list of winners, here are a few that my Twitter followers came up with when I asked them for some help. Uh, the first suggestion I got from, from a Twitter follower was Requiem for a Dream. I remember seeing this one. Uh, it's maybe 20 years old, I think, um, starring Jennifer Connelly. It's on Coney Island about addiction. Um, I think this one uh, is kind of a trippy movie the way I remember it, um, but certainly got some critical acclaim. Another suggestion I got from my Twitter peeps was Smashed. Uh, here's one I haven't seen, but it definitely is now on my list after uh, hearing about it from this uh, follower. Um, I see that it has Aaron Paul. Um, um, and Nick Offerman, uh, and it involves teachers who are addicts. Um, so come on, uh, you had me at Ron Swanson. Another suggestion I got from Twitter was Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic that I also haven't seen, but I do have lots of respect for Sir Elton John. And um, both Sir Elton and I have lots of respect for the real Slim Shady. Mr. Eminem. So uh, I've been wanting to see that. Now it reminds me to put it on my list. Here's another oldie but a goodie, as I remember it. Uh, when a Man Loves a Woman, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as a Hall of Famer, uh, Meg Ryan, one of my first crushes, um, and Andy Garcia, another star studded cast, um, and a good but sad movie, as I remember it. Uh, the next suggestion I got 
uh, when I asked my Twitter followers was Bill W. That is the story of one of the alcoholics who co-founded um, Alcoholics Anonymous, who wrote that big book that we use in the meetings. Um, I haven't seen this either. Um, I feel like I got enough of it reading the, the book and going to rehab and stuff, but I would like to check it out. Um, it's always sort of been in the back of my mind. And the next um, suggestion I got was One Little Pill. It is a documentary, I think, about the um, controversial or sometimes controversial Sinclair method that allows alcoholics to continue drinking, at least at the beginning um, of the process while they start, while they take a prescri prescription drug called naltrexone um, that deals with, you know, cravings. And anyway, it's controversial because uh, it's a, you know, an approach to recovery that, that um, maybe doesn't call for abstinence, complete abstinence from alcohol. Um, but I do know uh, that it has worked for people. Um, so like I said before, if it works for, for you, then then go for it. So anyway, that's what I want to check out. And then uh, lastly, clean and sober. Um, this one I remember too. Um, some funny parts in it, I think, as if uh, Michael Keaton battling a cocaine addiction isn't enough for you. This movie also features Morgan Freeman, who you might know better as Red from Shawshank Redemption or as um, God. Uh, in like 10 other movies. So Michael Keaton on Coke with God. I mean, come on, what else can you ask for? Anyway, Clean and Sober is the name of that one. Uh, and those were the the interesting suggestions I got from Twitter uh, that I will now put on my list. Um, even the ones that I have seen, I think I'm, I should check them out again. I probably won't watch them all in one night though. That seems like an, a bad idea. Uh, okay, time for my list. These are the four movies that came to mind almost right away when I first considered doing an episode about addiction and alcoholism on the big screen. I love them all uh, for different reasons, but they certainly have a few things in common, uh, as you will see. Uh, most notably, they all seem to accurately portray the messiness of addiction, um, unlike... Uh, you know, a movie like 28 Days or whatever that one's called with Sandra Bullock, um, it kind of makes a joke. It feels like it's kind of make a joke out of it or that's not as um, serious of a disease as it is or as deadly as it is um, or as difficult to, to manage and, and treat as it is. Um, also, none of these uh, none of these four movies end very well. Um Sorry if that ruins them for you, but um, that's kind of why I like them, I think, because that is often the case with the disease, too often. And I want people to know that, that uh, I want it to scare people in some ways, and I want it to be real, the ones that, that end all pretty. Um, I have a hard time, you know, buying into, like, I feel like that's just a, kind of a Hollywood ending that's too neat and, and tidy, and I think it makes people lose the real message. Uh, just a quick reminder, though, recovery is possible. Even if after watching these four movies, you might not think so. Uh, it is. Uh, it just often isn't the case. And it, it's only possible if, if you really work at it and stick with it for the rest of your life. Um, but I want I think that these four movies are are sad. But much of what I consider to be great art in the world 
comes from great tragedy uh, and trauma, and um, these movies are are no exception. Um, but I do believe they are all worth watching. So here are my winners in no particular order. The first one is Beautiful Boy. This is the first one that came to mind. Um, I think it's on Amazon. I don't know. You, you guys know how to find movies on whatever streaming services uh, you have. Um, it stars Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Uh, and both of them are friggin' amazing in this movie. Um, it's based on memoirs, uh, two memoirs written by a father and son, David Sheff and his son, Nick Sheff. And uh, so obviously it's based on a true story, which helps, uh, you know, because you know it's realistic, you know, and the story is going to be real. And um, as much as this one, I, I felt like, oh, they didn't make this one. This one's going to end well. Um, uh, it, it, it maybe didn't go the direction that I thought it would go. Um, but anyway, it was certainly real and heartbreaking. Um, most notably, I guess, um, about the devastating ripple effect that, that addiction can have on, on our families, um, especially to the parents uh, of a young addict, which is way more common these days. So many parents dealing with their young uh, kids um, fighting addiction or dying of the disease. So um, that doesn't sound like a sales pitch, but it is. You should watch it. The next one on my list, which uh, came to mind, was Barfly. Uh, it's not a brand new movie. It features a young uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, or younger anyway, Mickey Rourke, and Faye Dunaway. Um, it's a semi-autobiographical um, portrayal of a, a few months in the life of Charles Bukowski. Uh, he wrote it. Um, Charles Bukowski is a writer, maybe the favorite author, poet of uh, too many straight white male alcoholics or English majors or addicts. Um, a lot of guys like me seem to love Bukowski, and I certainly do. Uh, his poems are amazing in, in a lot of his books. But they're also really sick um, and messed up, and so is this movie. Um, sort of a dark, depressing tale of this troubled genius writer who is sort of gives in to, to, um, to the disease, which has, um, I'm sure, been a fantasy of, of, of a lot of us at, at times as we were fighting our addictions. Anyway, at times the movie is hilarious, and I think that's why I may like it more than any others on the list. Um, alcoholism and addiction can be really absurd, and I think you have to laugh at it. you got to find humor in some of the Otherwise, uh, it's just too hard to deal with. I've said it before, I think, on the podcast, but in my time in rehab, uh, I may have laughed harder and more often in rehab than I have at any other time in my life. And that's when my whole life was falling apart all around me. Um, I was dealing with the possibility of going to prison, um, losing my family and my job and everything. And I was laughing a lot because it's gallows humor. You know, I think we have to, and it's it's important. And so... I like how Barfly uses humor as well. Anyway, the next one on the, on the list, on my list of four, is Leaving Las Vegas. Mr. Nicolas Cage, who often is the worst actor in any room, uh, is awesome in this one. And uh, also Elizabeth Shue plays his girlfriend, uh, it, kind of girlfriend, I guess. Um, movies Academy Award nominated. Uh, I, I don't think it won, but I do remember it being nominated. Uh, anyway, this movie is sure to ruin your week. 
it's kind of like watching a car crash in slow motion, but I think it's uh, a really honest depiction of the kind of unparalleled hopelessness of an alcoholic at rock bottom. And Nicolas Cage's character is certainly at rock bottom. Again, another story of, of uh, kind of like Barfly of um, an alcoholic just giving in to the disease. Anyway, super sad and, and depressing, uh, but awesome and real. Lastly, uh, Flight, which is uh, has Denzel Washington. I shouldn't have to say anything else after Denzel Washington, but I will. Also, he flies a plane and like does this awesome thing where he saves a bunch of people's lives while piloting this giant 747. It was like upside down. Anyway, um, but that's not what the movie's about. Uh, I love it. Uh, I think um, when I was trying to think about why this one really stuck with me, um, because it, it highlights the addict or alcoholic's unbreakable penchant for kind of fucking it up at the finish line. Um, this is, uh, something that we hear about in meetings a lot. It's definitely been true in my life where it seems to be hardest for us to stay sober on some of the most important days for us to stay sober. Uh, if there's a big interview, job interview tomorrow, uh, definitely can't get drunk, can't get drunk tonight. Got a big job interview tomorrow. That's the night where uh, we are more likely instead of less likely. When there are more consequences, like, oh, I got a drug test with my probation officer tomorrow. Can't do cocaine tonight. Uh, you would think, uh, but no. Anyway, this, uh, this movie, uh, I thought, did a good job of showing that. I got to say, I was rooting for Denzel to destroy that minibar the night before his big hearing because I wanted it to be real. Um, and uh, spoiler alert, it's real. But uh, it does have a good message, I think. So I didn't spoil the whole thing. Watch it. It's amazing. All right. Those are the four movies that came to mind. But I did want to mention quickly three TV series that I thought um, I think are pretty awesome, too. The first one was a Netflix series called Flaked. Um, it stars Will Arnett, um, who also wrote it and produced it. Um, he's an alcoholic in recovery in real life. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of a little podcast called Smartless, but Mr. Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes, uh, have, um, various celebrity guests on there and, um, it's hilarious, great podcast, but Will Arnett and Jason Bateman are both sober guys in recovery and they talk about it a lot and they talk to their guests about it. And I really appreciate that. And it's hilarious and they're hilarious. And I love hearing about it. Anyway, this show that Will Arnett wrote and produced and stars in, um, it's kind of interesting premise of a guy sort of forced into AA after committing a crime or somebody dies. I think that's the premise as I remember it. And, um, but you get a kind of inside look at the meetings, what the meetings are like for people who haven't, seen that and what the relationship between sponsors and sponsees and newcomers in meetings and um you know there's some good funny parts it's a little you know it's less serious than or sad than the other ones uh if you need something lighter uh dope sick is a highly acclaimed series that i just started watching last night i've been hearing about it forever and i started watching it finally before doing this and it's amazing um if you don't know it's about it's on Hulu. Uh, it's about big pharma and the opioid crisis and the dirty, dirty, shady business 
um, selling Oxycontin and, and, and marketing it and lying, taking advantage of poor, hardworking people um, and lying to them and um, killing them. And as much as I thought I knew how messed up this whole situation was and how shady it was and how shady these companies are, uh, man, fuck, it's way worse. Anyway, I've watched three episodes, and I'm going to watch a couple more tonight. Lastly, uh, Euphoria. I don't have to say much about it. I bet most of you have seen it. It is, believe it or not, the most watched HBO series ever. Not The Wire, not Sopranos, not Six Feet Under, one of my favorite shows ever. But Euphoria, and it deserves every ounce of credit that it gets. It is great for a million reasons. Um, You'll figure it out um, within the first few minutes of the first episode. If you haven't watched it, it's beautiful to watch. It's smart. It takes on many other issues besides addiction and alcoholism. Um, it is just a great, well-written, well-acted, produced, beautiful show. It's a work of, of genius. Anyway, um, definitely check out Euphoria. Anyway, those are a few uh, TV shows I wanted to add. Uh, so now it's time for some gratitude. So this week marks the six-year anniversary of my felony conviction. And actually, seven years since I was charged, and six since um, I was convicted. And as I look back, I find myself incredibly grateful um, for my freedom, most of all, but also for my second chance to live a meaningful and fulfilling life. Um, six years ago. I was sentenced to two years of felony probation, but there were years of real prison time on the line. Um, it was on the table. It was a real possibility. That's what um, you know prosecutors wanted originally. And when I try to imagine what my life would look like right now, had that judge or the, and the assistant state's attorney not agreed to the, the plea deal that kept me out of prison, it's hard for me not to recognize the gift I received that day, and I am determined to continue my efforts to make the best of my second chance. It's my obligation, uh, not just to stay out of trouble, um, but to make a difference and to have a positive impact on the world, to be the best father I can be, um, to pay it forward. Um, it would be a crime not to. Anyway, that's what I'm especially grateful for this week, six years later. Um, it's, really, it's really a lot to, to think about, but I'm certainly, certainly, certainly grateful to everybody involved in giving me that second chance and helping me along the way. So, time for some thank yous and goodbyes. First of all, Thanks for uh, dialing up Between the Lines of Podcast today. I hope you were paying attention, but I will include all of the movies and shows that I just mentioned in the episode notes, just in case. Also, if you think of some that I didn't mention, and there are a bazillion of them out there, uh, send me an email, let me know. Or actually, I put a question in the notes, too, that you can just answer right there and click on it. Um, and I will list more of them next week if people come up with other ones. Uh, and if you learned something or enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to rate 
and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps. And click the support the podcast link if you are feeling it. Also, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the book or the podcast or anything else that you would like to share with me, or if you'd like to be a future guest on the podcast, please feel free to drop me a note at Between the Lines Memoir at gmail.com or just spread the word about the podcast. Tell a friend if you have one. Or maybe share your thoughts about the podcast in a little tweet or in an Instagram post or on Facebook or Mastodon. I don't know what that's called. And maybe Twitter will be gone by then. Who knows? But share it in any way that you can um, if you know how to do that. But most of all, thank you all for listening today. And in the wise, wise words of my Uncle Dave, keep it simple, be humble, and hope for the best. See ya.